0: it's not much of a secret that i have a home field apparel problem even before we started this show i couldn't even step foot on a new college campus without making sure there was something from that school's home field collection waiting on my porch when i got home so we are understandably over the moon to partner with home field this season to keep pit fans comfy cozy and stylish at a fraction of the price by using promo code LOYALSUNS for 15% off your next order. This discount applies site-wide, and with unique vintage collections for every school from Pitt to Bama, Jackson State to Colgate, Michigan, Marshall, Marquette, and both Miamis, there's something for every fan. So whether you're buying for a Pitt fan or for a loser freak, use promo code LOYALSUNS at homefieldapparel.com to save big on your next order. Each code applies once per email address, so get those work emails and burners ready. That's homefieldapparel.com. Hello, and welcome back to The Loyal Sun Show. That's at the Loyal Suns on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Any social outlet where you need to log on and vent frustrations, you can find us there. Follow us there and follow us here for pit sports content. You might want to miss, but sometimes you just got to take your medicine. The Loyal Sun Show, a place for pit athletics fixes.
1: Brought to you you by Section 5.
0: Brought to you by Section 5. If you hate football, this is the place for you. Uh, I don't know if you guys could tell by my tone, but I am big sad.
2: We could have said a lot of things for the hate of the week. So we just said, you know, we just hate football because. I hate a lot of different directions here.
1: It does this to us. I I just sat through what happened Saturday night and Sunday at one o'clock. This isn't a Steelers pod, so we're not going to get into any of that. There's there's enough to vent about with what happened on Saturday. So, yeah, this was a brutal football weekend and. It's, it's weekends like this that makes you rethink like, why is why is this our hobby? Why don't we do something that like you're pretty much guaranteed a a good successful outcome when you when you do it? Um
0: I thought about that all day. I've spent the last eight months looking forward to this and only this part of my life, and like proposing, but this part of my life and It has just made me like the miserable, like most miserable dude alive for 48 hours. Like, I'm sure I was a bastard at work today. Just top to bottom, worst quality of life the last 72 hours because of two teams I do not play for. And I waited all year for it to feel like this.
1: Well, let's just get into it pit Cincinnati we, we can't delay much longer we've delayed two nights now uh, finally pulling ourselves off the mat to get get behind the mics on Monday night here and fellas we're a little over 48 hours removed from the ball being kicked off on Saturday night do you feel any better
2: marginally but still not good Far from good.
1: Not even a little bit. I don't know where we can start. Pick up punched in the mouth to start the game. Go three and out. Let Cincinnati rip off the easiest four play touchdown drive you'll ever see against a pit defense. Uh, but I, I think we have to start in one place and one place only, and that's it's quarter quarterback one, Phil Dracovic. Ten for thirty two. Three touchdown passes, a little deceiving there. And just about one of the most demoralizing performances by a single player, I think, for a guy that we were hoping would be a substantial improvement to last year's quarterback. And that would be the difference between last year's team and this year's team. Uh, we watched probably one of the worst passing performances by a pick quarterback in. I mean, a decade. I can't, I can't even I don't even know who else to compare it to. I think what?
2: Slovis against Louisville was worse because of the turnovers. Phil somehow managed to not turn the ball over, which is uh, that's kind of not surprising. True. Except he when he was, did. Except when he cool. did that fumble through the air, through the air. There are a lot okay. of bad passes that just happened to not land in the defender's hands. So we be near anyone. Yeah, it was so bad. It was good. It was so bad, it wasn't bad. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll give Signetti. Pause. This might shock you, but ready? I'm going to give Frank Signetti and Phil Dracovic some credit right here. They said we were going to throw the ball downfield more. We did. Wasn't completed, but we did. Downfield and into the bleachers. That was a joke. That was a joke. Okay. Okay. threw The ball downfield more, but it was far short left, right? It was bad.
0: I think that was the worst quarterback performance I've ever seen. Yes. There were times when guys threw picks and obviously a pick is worse than an incompletion. Like I'm not dumb, but just in terms of every time this quarterback dropped back to throw a pass, he either ate a bad sack and offensive line. You'll get yours in a minute. He either ate a bad sack or, I mean, just he wasn't coming within miles of guys. 10 for 32. And I think those 22 incompletions might've been a total of
2: 200 yards from the nearest receiver. I think, can we say this is the worst game by a quarterback who has ever thrown three touchdowns and no interceptions? (laughs) Yeah <laughs> yes, yes, by Definitively miles. I I can't
0: I that is a hilarious part to all this, right? Like he dropped back thirty two times and every pass he threw was either in the first row of seats or like directly on a dime into Kanate Mumfield's hands in the corner of an end zone. It it defies logic, but Obviously not something that is reproducible
2: or even positive. So passing game, bad.
1: Running game, very weird. What the hell was that? Non existent. Well, okay, I don't want to move past Bill yet. I okay. I okay. know where we're going, Squid, but I I can't get that we're not done with this yet. Uh so we have a quarterback who all we've heard about in training camp, second straight year, all we've heard about is how good he's looked, how accurate he's been, how he's got a big arm. Apparently on the broadcast on Saturday night, on the CW, first ever football game broadcast on the CW, they may never broadcast another one after that. Apparently the broadcast team was saying how just Phil doesn't look like a guy who has a healthy arm. Like he was throwing balls that, I mean, we said, People said last week about how the ball didn't have any zip on it, but it was against Wofford, so it didn't really matter. It didn't come into play, but there were multiple passes were filled through to a receiver downfield, and the one I'm thinking particularly, he may have got hit on this one, but the one that Mumpfield had to come back for that sat in the air like a center fielder uh, catching a fly ball or a punt returner catching a throwing up a fair catch. Um, but how many of the balls just completely died on their way to receivers? No velocity coming out of his hand. It looks like he, he is like permanently damaged or something. And I hate to what, say that about a guy we don't know, it, but like there is it's, there's nothing there for a guy who's what, 245 pounds.
2: What I would like to know is, was he trying to throw a lot of back shoulder fades to Bub means or those just way offline? Because there was about like five or six times or who would, throw it behind the receiver to land out of bounds and he would kind of jump up and down or yell at himself after the play. And we're like, was that just was a weird. really bad pass? Or was there a miscommunication? At first we thought maybe it's throwing back shoulder fades and the receiver just wasn't on the same page. But that happened a lot and there was not one single back shoulder fade completed. So I'm leaning towards those were just way offline and he looked like he did not practice with any receivers for a snap. God, it would
0: have been a real shame if he had gotten the opportunity to practice maybe against like an FCS team that was overmatched, get some confidence up instead of handing it off to his third string running back two dozen times and then not attempting a downfield pass beyond the second quarter. Would
2: have hate for him to have had that opportunity, but... Okay, counterpoint. I knew you were going there. Do you think him throwing a few more downfield passes against Wofford would have made him any less shitty against Cincinnati. We
0: certainly, I'm so glad that you, you decided to proceed further with, with my joke. I am certain we don't get our dicks kicked off in the first quarter and a half of that game. If they put any semblance of effort into getting the ball rolling week one, I, I mean, maybe so do it doesn't. We'll look maybe it doesn't week? make a difference. But the number of people who, like, jammed down my throat because I was upset we didn't show the playbook against Wofford because you're dumb, shut up, stop crying. This is just what Narduzzi does. Yeah. And then we played a decent opponent, and our defensive line clearly looked unprepared, and our quarterback looked like he has never attempted to pass a ball to. Our line was good receiver. last week. I said offensive line, unless oh, I said, said defensive. defensive line, whatever. <laughs> okay.
2: Our offensive line looked like shit this week. Correct. Correct. Same team. I. I Do you think it, we'll look better next week because we opened the playbook this week?
0: Well, we I might. We just can't suck. look
2: worse. So like by default, you're probably right. So we might just suck. That was what I was getting at. I think we okay. might just have like a pretty terrible passing attack. And but, no matter what happened week one, we would have still been looking at like a a shit sandwich performance from phil (laughs) i i
0: still think that in a in a game where you lose by six but you started off down by 21 Uh, 10 0 and then i got the 27 20 to 7 and then yeah so yes i i do think that you're more likely to win a game that you had to pull off some last minute heroics in if you were like prepared in the first 10 minutes. I mean, that was just a team that got punched in the mouth that came out hands behind their back, jaw extended. They they weren't they weren't ready at the beginning of that game. And I maybe it doesn't matter, and maybe I'm being dumb and petty because I got shat on so hard last week, but it couldn't have hurt to have actually tried week one.
1: Yeah, Maybe I'll give he was hiding idea. how bad Phil was. Sorry, I was gonna say I'll give that to you, David. I did you want to move on to the run game, Squid? Yes. Can we can we just talk about Rodney Hammond, a guy what who do we do? we we thought was gonna be the bell cow of this backfield, a potential All ACC running back? We've it's not like we just heard preseason hype about Rodney Hammond. We've seen Rodney ha- Hammond be really good in real games, and they gave him six touches. On Saturday. Now I understand they went down early and they were kind of playing catch up, but each of the running backs between SIBO, Daniel Carter, and Rodney Hammond got six carries. Um Rodney was actually the least productive yardage wise, six carries for twenty one yards. I think SIBO had six for thirty eight, but thirty eight of those came on one carry. Um I mean I <laughs> I get it. You're down, so you have to throw the ball a little bit, but I don't think you completely abandon the run game, and it's just it doesn't make any sense that a guy like Rodney, who we've seen and is a proven commodity and is a proven talent, just has barely been involved whatsoever.
2: Alright, so we're done with Phil. Now we're on to Signetti, right? I think Signetti was very flustered after going down early. For some reason, we came out trying to pass a lot, and then we got down early, and it's like, well, shoot. Now what? There was really no rhyme or reason to the offense. There are a lot of times where we were in very obvious passing downs. Cincinnati just brought six, and Phil could not get the ball out in time and was blasted. So we were fighting an uphill battle with like a a not-great offensive coordinator. I'll just leave that there.
1: Well, Signetti and the rest of the coaching staff, I don't know – who makes the decisions? I know in the past we've heard maybe Andre Powell decides what running backs in the game at certain times. So maybe he's Rodney Hammond's on his shit list, or maybe Rodney's a little dinged up. We haven't heard anything about that. But if he's got to be that right, if he's playing, he's playing. In my but, I could be completely wrong. I could be off base. Whatever. Um, I don't know. Apparently,
0: our uh, our starting quarterback has a dislocated shoulder, fully detached arm. I don't know.
1: Right. Yeah, so Rodney doesn't play, and then on Signetti's play calling, I mean, the second drive of the game, I I think my least favorite sequence was when they come up, they run halfback dive, hurry up to the line, and run the exact same play again, and what do you know, we have third and eight. It's like you said, it's almost like he was flustered, there's no rhyme or reason to what they're doing, I guess that's them trying to establish the run, but... They're so predictable. You know what's coming. And really, there's never anything easy for Phil. Like, not to not to take blame off of Phil. He went 10 for 32. But I watched Emery Jones throw swing passes and screens to running backs and quick little hitters. And there was maybe one, one or two of those for Phil on Saturday. There was one play in the third quarter when I rewatched the game. And I thought the same thing in the stadium was Carter Johnson ran a nice little five yard out. And he caught the ball, turned up field, rumbled forward for a first down. And I was like, wow, they got Phil a nice, easy completion. And there was none of that. And they don't make it easy on him. Phil, some of the best he looked was when he was scrambling and extending a play and finding a guy downfield. But nothing looks easy for Pitt's offense. And a lot of stuff looked easy for Cincinnati.
2: That's a good point. I think what we were told was we would establish the run game and it would open up the pass game with play action. deep deep shots, we'll take what's there. Great. Cincinnati did that. They ran the ball very well. Emory Jones would roll out and he'd have a receiver downfield 15 yards, not a soul within eight yards of him. And we didn't do that. A lot of those deep balls that Phil missed were tight coverage. The offense was just in shambles. Aside from Gavin Bartholomew, who
1: we should have thrown a little bit more, but... Oh, another personnel point while we're on the topic. Gavin Bartholomew has a drive where he has two catches for 75 yards and the touchdown. Single-handedly puts them on the board, gets the game within six points, and then inexplicably does not play a snap on the next offensive possession. Wasn't it the next two? I believe he made made it back into the game because I think we only had two more offensive possessions. My m- memory's a little cloudy, but I know for a fact that he did not play on the next offensive drive. And I want to know on what planet in what philosophy of coaching in what sport in what profession that makes any sense that a guy can show probably two of two of the four biggest offensive plays of the day. And then he just isn't on the field for the next drive. And we had people replying uh, on Twitter. So I didn't see this personally with my own eyes, but people saying that they sat behind the pit bench at the game and Gavin was none too pleased while that drive was going on. He was pissed off. He wasn't in the game. Um, I didn't see that personally, but can anyone blame him if he was? No, not at
0: all. Um, God, it, I I agree completely with you guys. Everything took so long. T- it's like Signetti is constantly outsmarting himself with all these big, long, developing pass plays. Um, by by leaving certain personnel off during really crucial moments, sometimes you just you run a slant.
2: Sometimes you just give the ball to the guy who's playing really well. How many times did Cincinnati throw it to a tight end out of the backfield and he would just catch it one or two yards behind the line of scrimmage and pick up four or five for a first down, or in some cases break a tackle and go for 10? We We're playing checkers.
1: Rewatch the game and watch how many easy plays Cincinnati is just out. They just have a playmaker in the open field. And one of our safeties is in a position to make a play one on one, doesn't make the play because it's very hard to make a play in the open field. Um, but how many of those plays happen for Pitt? I mean, how many times did we see a Pitt guy running free? Bart was running free on that 60 yard catch or whatever it ended up being. Um, yeah, man, it's. I mean, Pitt got out coached. I think we can say that. Outplayed and outcoached, outclassed.
0: By a coach that I don't think is particularly good at being a coach.
1: But has Narduzzi's number? Apparently. He might be the new Larry Fedora to Narduzzi. How dare you?
2: Yep, we somehow had a chance to win down the stretch. Yeah, it did not look great during that comeback, but we came back mostly because of our defense standing tall
1: after a bad start, too, but ball. Cincinnati Cincinnati ran, Cincinnati ran for 216 yards. Just want to throw that out there. Uh Narduzzi defense that's prided itself on making teams one-dimensional, not allowing them to run the ball, uh, got absolutely torched on the ground. I will say, and we've all taken turns carrying
0: water for various people on the staff and on the team, I will say there's clearly a common thread where Pat Narduzzi defenses look like chickens with their heads cut off for the first couple games of a season and then put it together. It's obviously a very complicated system with a lot of nuance to it. And especially when you have as much turnover as we have this year, it's going to take some time. Um, having said that,
1: make a play. Yeah. And the division one athlete. Yeah. And to build off of that, I mean, they kind of just figured it out in the second half. Yeah. They looked good. Uh, Offense couldn't make enough plays to make it really matter, but they did kind of figure out in the second half. And I do think, I mean, are we in the spin zone session of this pod yet? Or do we have some some anger to get out? Okay. Keep going. I I, I didn't have like a, like a follow-up thing prepared. That's fine. Whatever you, I mean, I'm sure that you have no shortage of things to be upset about. It was terrible. Yeah,
0: I, I've started to look at this on a on a macro level, and I think that's what Pitt fans always do. Um, because anytime we lose, it's an indictment on Narduzzi or Signetti. Um, I've I've now made peace with the fact that Signetti was a bad hire, and this should probably be his final year as the offensive co- coordinator at Pitt. But the one thing that, that has really gotten me is um, it was such a no-brainer to let him go into the portal and get his guy. When he did it, I I don't think any of us were really sold on Dracovic. And I think a lot of that hype that you talked about in Camp Dylan was... Uh, we told ourselves that was what we were hearing. I mean, we saw the videos where he was throwing ducks. It's not like... He hurt his shoulder, you know, this game. Like, that's that's how he throws the football. But it made sense. Signetti didn't have a guy who n- knew his offense at all last season, and he looked terrible. Narduzzi gave him another chance with arguably the quarterback in this world that knows his offense best. But now that we have seen that product, both the game plan and the quarterback All I can think is you let that guy go out and pick whatever quarterback he wanted after what he did last year as an offensive play
2: caller, as a strategist. You are going to trust him with the future of your program. It is funny, though. We heard how many former players come out and say, oh, yeah, Signetti's he's great with players. He knows who his playmakers are. He knows how to get in the ball. And then today, Devin Street comes out and was like, yeah, I thought he sucked as a coordinator, basically, in an Instagram comment. So maybe some players who like him are a little bit more outspoken than the ones who did not think he was as good.
0: Yeah, it's almost like the guys who got force-fed the ball in his offense think really fondly of him.
1: Yeah, that was a big thing, too. He force-feeds his playmakers the ball, and then Rodney Hammond and Gavin Bartholomew combined for nine touches on Saturday. Weird. Really Maybe weird. he
2: thought Bob Means was John Baldwin and kept throwing him jump balls.
1: He had eleven targets. How many catches again? Let me check. The same box. as his number. Oh, oh new number. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, new number he wears. I couldn't believe
0: that stat when I saw it. Yeah.
1: Hey, Drew, a few PIs, though.
0: All right, do you guys want to guess what the re- NFL record for most targets without a catch is? 11.
2: 13. 10. <laughs> mm. 10.
0: It has happened twice. Bub Means would have the record for most targets without a catch in an NFL game. And honestly, I don't think I'm blaming him for it.
2: I was going to say, I didn't look at all 11 of those incomplete passes. I would be sick if I did. If somebody wants to make a montage of them, go for it. I know for a fact there were a couple or he had a step on a guy and was underthrown and he had the thing where he reaches back like over the defender and it hits the defender and his numbers. Yeah, Maybe there's a couple he could have snagged. Be a playmaker. You're you're six three, whatever. Oh, uh, there was a there was maybe try least... again next week. I don't know what to
1: do with that. I don't know if you just scrap it or at least at least half of them were not even the vicinity of being mm-hmm. a catchable ball. So, yeah, David, to your point of letting Signetti go and get his guy in the portal, I think this offense looks exactly how it did last year. Only without an all American running back.
0: Yeah. Dude, it, it,
1: the more, the
0: more you think about it, just the worse it looks in hindsight because we were willing to give Phil a chance, but like you, you look at his old tape and his old numbers and it's like, th-
1: that's the guy. Kinda, like, kinda. Yeah. He was, per- he was okay in 2020. At least with Slovis, we were like, he threw like 30 touchdowns as a freshman. Phil was like, oh yeah, in 2020, he had like 17 touchdowns and five picks in a shortened season. I
0: will say though, as opposed to most of our losses last year, specifically like the Georgia Tech loss, also the Louisville loss, um, this this one comes with a lot less woe is the state of our program, I think, than in the past, and there is one reason for that. Last year, Slovis was bad, and we looked on the horizon and said, what the hell are we going to do? I think everybody in this city that rocks the royal in gold has a pretty sunny disposition when it comes to the future of the quarterback position, and that is because of one hob. And that brings me to my next question. At what point do we think that we are going to see number 11 come into the football te- into the starting lineup?
2: The real answer, probably not soon. I, I don't know how many more 10 for 32 games it'll take, but I will say this, David, I am jumping on the Hab bandwagon a lot sooner than I thought I would. I won't go on the Yarnell bandwagon. That's We're still not that desperate, but I... God damn it, this is too soon.
1: <laughs> yeah, the game two. I, I th- thought this might be I, late in here. I know. I I know. I'm not I sold know. on the guy who was gonna be like third on Penn State's depth chart. I
0: think Cherkovic's performance on Saturday was disqualifyingly bad. <laughs> <laughs> I I am not like I may stick with your your guy guy. I don't think you can watch what happened and and keep trotting him out. I, I mean, he, they're. I not think, done. I think he
2: should have a short leash in Morgantown. Okay, can I give you this hypothetical? If Phil goes six for sixteen in the first half against West Virginia and we're down, um, six to fourteen, are you yanking him? He has interception too. Squid buddy, I I don't know.
0: I how how bad is 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 he missing the throws as bad as he did last week? Yeah, there's no drops. Are are the balls spiraling end over end in the air? There are how a many... lot of not near misses. How many uh, twelve-yard sacks did he look slow as hell on? Three. You might have to, man, because if if we lose next week, I'm not even. I'm not finishing the sentence.
2: It is a tough can of worms to open up because what if you take Phil out and then, there also I doesn't look good. Then what do you do? You have. I think there's no turning back at that point. You have a terrible QB room. Oh, you just I, put I in get VR in desperation. Now. You got to try something different.
0: Bec- but it, at least if Veyer performs poorly, you can keep him in a couple games and sell yourself on. He's going to learn and come in next year and be really good. We there is no about this already. Yeah, yeah,
1: enough, 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 enough. It's not going to happen yet. Phil's going to watch the film. He's going to come back next week and uh, look better. Or Phil they're just going to go Vic. Wow. Uh, or they just give Rodney Hammond like 47 carries. I'll add deal Dion, Dion Lewis, shady McCoy. I think that's exactly what they should do. Any spin zones here? Do we have any spin zones?
0: It sounds like you had a, had a couple to start with. I, I I've taken up enough of people's time. Uh, Doing the whole hair on fire thing. Phil can't play
2: that bad again. We almost won, and Phil had
1: an abysmal game. Unless he and... does. And in that case, if it's similar to last week, I think they they will move on. But he won't play that bad again because he can't. A couple other slight bright spots. Let's, let's end a little positive. I thought Dejon Reynolds, Kanade Mumpfield, and Gavin Bartholomew all flashed that they can make plays. If yes. I did not
2: have any faith in Reynolds, and he had two very tough catches.
1: So Almost three. Nice. Almost three. Mm-hmm. He ended up dropping the one late. It was it would have been a very tough play. He hit the ground. The ball got ripped out. Um, but the two catches he had were big, like combat catches. So I was very pleased by that. Um, Mumpfield, finally showing what we thought he was when he got here. Let's uh, give him some short routes, get him the ball, two-step
2: drop bang. He's he is a receiver specifically
0: designed for the kind of passing plays that Signetti is not calling. We, everyone's complaining, including myself 10 minutes ago about like the long developing routes. Um he would be perfect for just like Slants, hitches, small stuff. Great hands, great route
2: runner. Use him.
1: Yeah. Let's throw at the bar that's obvious. Let's skip. well, I will say, I like Narduzzi's response when they asked him, you know, how do you get the ball to your playmaker, a guy who's such a playmaker, dynamic talent, like Gavin Bartholomew. And Narduzzi's answer was very straightforward. He said, throw it to him throw it to him more. So I don't know if that was a little wink, wink. Hey, Frank, let's get the ball to Gavin a little more than we have been. Or if that was just Narduzzi being short and fed up with the media's questions. Could have been either. Probably both. Probably a little bit of both. If we're being honest, probably both. Anything else? Anything else to get off our chest? I think I've, I think I've done all I can. I, this was a, uh, this was therapeutic to a to a degree. I needed to get some of this off my chest. I'm still so sad. This is it sucks because it's brawl week and we should be juiced up to go down there and play our rivals and be back in Morgantown. It'll be my first game at uh West Virginia as a fan. I never went to any as a kid, so should be a little more excited than we are. So I'm hoping We shake this off come Wednesday, Thursday, ramped up, ready to go.
2: How about this, boys? We go down to Morgantown. We get a dub. We get a big dub. This time next week, we're all juiced up talking about taking down Drake May, 8 p.m. MacArthur Stadium. Let's get one of those. We need one. We need a win in our lives.
0: It's because we haven't been begging for victory enough. I think we right. got cozy after the ACC championship. I think
2: you're right. Please it's...
1: beat West Virginia. Please, please, I can't leave Morgantown a loser. I can't. Please, please beat those Hoopies. Um. Well, programming though, we're gonna have another episode. It's gonna be more backyard brawl preview than Cincinnati bitching. Well, let's just say it right here: we are done bitching about Cincinnati.
0: All right. Well, I just have five more things.
1: Write them down on a piece of paper. And tweet burn them. Tweet it out. Stress tweet. I was doing a whole lot of that on Saturday. So. Oh yeah. Well, fellas, we needed this. We need to get this off our chest. And we can't hide from these experiences. We can't only talk about the good. We know that. So I'm proud of you, boys. I'm proud you made it through. As always, hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh. Please win.